Reds fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Liverpool. And this weekend we had a home game against Watford. Uh, Watford obviously just got a new manager in, Nigel Pearson. Uh, so from their side, you know, they're hoping for that bounce, that new manager bounce. And for us, it was more of the same. Keep on the pressure. Um, get another three points as we before we head off to the Club World Cup. And uh, these lunchtime kickoffs, these Saturday lunchtime kickoffs, sometimes um, have a strange atmosphere. They uh, they kind of just don't feel the same as maybe a three o'clock or, or an evening kickoff of five thirty or something like that. Um, so it was really important that the crowd picked up um, and then the players fed off that. And I think the crowd played played a, played a role in the game. Um, I think we did seem a little bit tired. Um, obviously, we just come off a very, very intense uh, must-win Champions League game away at Salzburg. And I think that did show uh, on the players. Um, some of the players that maybe wouldn't expect, players like Van Dijk, looked a little bit tired and was making some mistakes that he maybe wouldn't have. Um, and this was, this was actually a really interesting analysis that I came across um, from Melissa Reddy, um, who I think is a sports correspondent at The Independent. Uh, she's actually one of my favourite uh, football journalists. She always comes out with points that... Um, I feel like I could just contrary and, and open up a different different perspective on something, which obviously what journalists should do. But I was watching Sunday Supplement here in the UK, and um, yeah, just a point she made, which made, which really kind of uh, resonated with me that some of the players did look a bit uh, not necessarily leggy because I think we put in some energy, but kind of more mentally tired maybe, um, just leading to some mistakes, and we just weren't being as as clinical as we have been um, for for much of the season so far. So that was that was kind of the only. Um, kind of negative or like improvement thing or thing I noticed that maybe we weren't on our top form um, in this game but there were many good things in this game um obviously yeah, we'll get to the, we'll get to the goals in a little bit but for me I really liked um one the team we picked uh, the front three haven't played together for the last couple of games as Klopp's been doing his um kind of rotation stuff um, but it was good to see them back in the team. Uh, Shakiri back in the team as well. Obviously, he's come back to full fitness now. Um, so he's a great addition to the team. Um, but although we kind of started out with what normally what you would assume was, would be the 4-3-3, actually, what we were playing in the game, which was good to see, was was like kind of almost a 4-2-4. So Henderson and Gene Wijnaldum as the two kind of midfielders. And then Shakiri kind of pushing high up on the right. Um, providing that width so Mo Salah could come into that kind of inside right channel. Uh, and then Bobby Firmino, sorry, yeah, sorry, Mo Salah coming in from that inside right channel, almost that centre forward role. Uh, and then Bobby Firmino kind of also being there, but also dropping a little deeper and picking the ball up for the midfielders as well. And I thought um, that was actually really progressive. And I thought that was really, really good that Klopp was kind of uh, em employing that that formation against a team like Watford. Um, who you know were going to sit behind back, sit back behind the ball. Obviously, with a new manager, they just you know didn't want to get thrashed, which I completely understand. But the four-two-four is, I think, a good way for us to um, exploit that. It gets Salah more central. Um, Firmino can link up a bit more, uh, but it still gives us the width that, that and it kind of spreads the defense, which gives more space for the likes of Salah and, and Firmino. So that was really positive. I um, I really I was I was glad to see that as well. We were playing. I, I didn't think we needed kind of the three in midfield because. Watford weren't causing, well, weren't going to cause us too many problems. But actually, in hindsight, looking back at the game, they actually caused us a lot more problems than they probably would have back under the old manager. Um, they they broke pretty well. Obviously, they were playing mainly on the counter-attack. And they actually, both in the first half and the second half, had actually quite a lot of good chances. Um, I think they were just let down by their pretty abysmal finishing. Uh, I think Ducore had a couple of chances. Saar, Ismail Saar had that chance where... The kind of ball came to him on the half volley, and he wasn't sure whether to 
side foot it or lace it and he kind of did neither in the end um but uh they did cause us some problems so fair play to them you know nigel pearson got them in the right uh frame of mind playing in the right way so i'm interested to see what happens to watford moving forward i think they'll be okay i think they'll stay up um but we'll see what he's able to do but but anyway so in terms of in terms of us in terms of liverpool we we didn't really create too many clear-cut chances in the first half um there weren't many saves that that Ben Foster had to make that you know we were like oh my god I can't believe we we missed that but um but we did eventually get the goal uh, and actually it came from a Watford attack as is as is often the case when you play against teams that that sit behind sit back behind the ball uh, the, from the couple of attacks they have that's actually probably when they're the most vulnerable and uh, we were able to break from the corner um, Roberto Firmino kind of halfway into our half was able to just flick the ball over his head with a beautiful little pass uh, over to Mane who was then able to play the ball forward right into Salah. Salah was uh, was one-on-one with uh, Cabaselli, who'd actually been defending pretty well up until then. Um, but Salah was able to just chop back onto his right foot and um, and then bury, well, bury the ball, almost kind of like loop the ball into the top right-hand corner. Ben Foster had no chance. Um, and I think it was what we deserved. Obviously, we dominated the game, but Watford did, as I said, did have a couple of chances. So um, that was um, something to be wary of. Um but uh, it was good to go in, into the break at one nil up. I think that was that was a big thing for us. I think we may have you know, just got a little bit panicky um, had we not had we not got that goal. But that was a good settler, and um, I think obviously Klopp got into them probably a bit in, in the in this in half time. I think we came out with a bit of verve or a bit of extra verve um, in the second half, um, and we almost nearly made it two 0 Well, we did make it two 0 um, but VAR ruled out Sadio Mane's um, header for offside, and actually. Um, watching the if you haven't watched the highlights, check the highlights out. But that that disallowed goal was very reminiscent of the Genie Wijnaldum header against Barcelona. So the ball came out to I think James Milner, who uh, played it out to to Shakiri on the on the left wing. Shakiri whipped in a, a beautiful cross, and Sadio Mane glanced a header in past Ben Foster. But unfortunately, um, I think it was his like hip or his butt or his leg or something. Something was slightly slightly offside. Um, the more I watch kind of football and I see decisions like this I feel like there should be like an umpire's call like, like, like there is in in cricket in football um so that the benefit of the doubt is given to the striker because the benefit of the doubt at the moment is always going to the defender you know, the defender um can just hold a really unnatural um like body position to get themselves on the side and um yeah I just think it should favor the attacker I think we should be we should be trying to encourage goals not not discourage goals but um but yeah, anyways um we did end up getting the second goal and it came right at the end of the half and um, it was kind of a, uh, the ball was kind of pinballing a bit in, in the box, but Salah was able to beautifully flick the ball um, uh, between Christian Cavaselli's legs, actually, which was very, which was a very, very classy finish. And um, yeah, so the game was wrapped up right at the end there. Um, actually, an interesting stat I saw um, on uh, Empire of the Cop. If you're a Liverpool fan, please do follow them on Twitter. They are a great account, post some great Liverpool content. Um, but they were saying that. Um, so obviously Mo Salah's last three goals, including the one against Salzburg in midweek, where he got it in for a really tight angle, uh, all of them being with his right foot. You know, everyone has been saying so for so many years that Salah is so one-footed, and if he's now started scoring with his right foot, um, it's over for everyone else because if he's now if he's now sharpening up that piece of skill, um, yeah, it's absolutely over for everyone else. They can't show him onto his right anymore. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think all in all, it was kind of just a get get the job done kind of performance uh, which was all we really needed prior to going to, prior to going away to the uh, club world cup um so that was all we could have asked for three points and obviously being the early game um winning puts the pressure on your opponents and we saw the kind of 
uh, effects of that um, on the Leicester result. Obviously, Leicester drawing at home to Norwich uh, after, after their kind of very good streak of winning games. Um, so, yeah, winning early sometimes is difficult because of the atmosphere and stuff like that. But if you do win, it piles a huge load of pressure onto your opponents. So obviously, Man City playing Arsenal as well. Arsenal trying to put, prove a point later today as well. Um, so, it'll be interesting to see how that result pans out. But, um, yeah, I so said all in all, it was kind of a get-the-job-done performance. Um, so, a fantastic way uh, to head off um, into Qatar. But before we end before we end this episode, there's just a, cu- a couple of other things to, to shout out that have been happening in the world of Liverpool. Um, the first one is the news this week that um, I think it's pretty much all but confirmed... Uh, I don't think Liverpool FC um, have released an official statement, but I think it's confirmed now that Minamino uh, from Salzburg will be joining uh, Liverpool in January for £7.25 million, which in today's world is just ridiculous, right? You think about, he's he's an experienced Champions League player. He's 24. He's played in a very good league. He's played with some great players. You think about the amounts of money that players like, you know... um, Joe Linton, for example, or someone like that's gone right. Who, who's probably less proven than someone like Minamino. But we're gonna, but we are, you know, the the European winner is going to be able to get a player like that at such a cut, um, a cut down price. So uh, really, really exciting. Um, kind of what the only times I've really watched him play is when um, Liverpool played Salzburg twice uh, in this Champions League, and I've been really impressed with him. He seemed like really busy. Uh, willing to close down, willing to press, but also got some quality when he has got the ball. Um, and he does remind me of a bit of um, what Son was like when he was kind of at Leverkusen and when he was leaving Leverkusen and coming to uh, to Tottenham. And obviously we've seen the strides that Son's taken on, right? Like Son, Son is now one of the best players in the Premier League. Um, and I think Minamino has that same kind of quality. Um, so it'll be great to see him. Uh, I think he'll be a great addition. Obviously we didn't make any huge signings uh, in the summer, but... Uh, Minamino is again. I think. I think many people have said, and it's very easy to see. He seems looks like a Klopp kind of player. Um, so that's really exciting. And then obviously we had the two contract extensions on Friday as well, which are incredibly positive. So we had a young Klopp extending to 2024, and James Milner extended to 2022. So again, two huge players, uh, or huge players, huge huge people uh, in Liverpool Football Club and in the dressing room. Um, choosing to extend. I think some of uh, Pep's assistants also got extended, which is great to see. Um, so yeah, that's really positive for us. You know, some of the most influential people uh, in our in in our club uh, renewing and staying on. I think I think it's no coincidence that Gerard also uh, renewed a contract to twenty twenty four. Someone, I think someone is succession planning. Um, I think there should be succession planning, and I'm sure some of those conversations have already been had with Gerard and with Klopp. Um, so that'll be very interesting to see. But but um, to end off the episode, obviously we're off to Qatar now um, for the Club World Cup. Uh, we'll be facing Monterey in the semi-finals. Who be I don't know who they beat, but um, they they found their way into the semi-finals. So it'll be Monterey who we play, um, and hopefully, obviously, we can go into the final next Saturday um, and come back against Leicester with that crest on our badge, which I think is really cool. I remember seeing Real Madrid; they used to have that crest. I think it's really cool. So it'll be really really good. Um, if we can, if we can get that crest. Obviously, I in my life I've only seen Liverpool play in one of these Club World Cup finals once, and we lost to Sao Paulo. I think it was in the final uh, in two thousand and five. So hopefully we can go one step better this year, and uh, and win the FIFA World Club, the World Club Cup, 
That's really hard to say. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm going to end the episode with a shout out to Klopp, as I always do. And it's actually related to the Club World Cup. Um, and just as I was saying now, I think it'll be a really, really good thing for Liverpool to win. Obviously, another piece of silverware. We want to won the Super Cup earlier this year as well. Um, and as Klopp says, you know, he wants to keep winning trophies and get us in the, that kind of mood and expecting to win trophies. So I think uh, my shout out to Klopp this week is to not really underestimate both Monterey and whoever we play in the... Uh, in the final I, I'm pretty certain he won't Klopp's not that type of guy but it's almost kind of like let's not just assume we're going to walk over these teams you know they're there for a reason because they've won a championship yes the the opposition may not be at the level and caliber um, that we've had to face but that doesn't mean they're not good sides so we should take them seriously I think we will still win the tournament um, obviously just our form and everything like that we've just been absolutely solid um, so I don't see I think obviously all the other teams there will be not wanting to face us. Uh, Monterey will probably, you know, I think they'll be relishing the chance to face us because it's a good challenge for them. But, you know, I think everyone fully expects us to win. Um, so that should be an interesting. Obviously, in the UK here, all the games are on the BBC. If, if any Liverpool fans listening to this didn't, didn't know. Um, so that's good to see. Free-to-air Liverpool games. That's very, very rare. Um, but BBC will also be having Liverpool's FA Cup game against Everton in the new year, which should be a very another very interesting game. Out of all of the hundreds of teams in the FA Cup, I can't believe we managed to pick Everton. How crazy is that? Uh, so that should be another game. Obviously, in the midweek as well, um, we've got uh, the EFL Cup, which we'll be fielding a B team for, which should be very interesting to see how that goes also. Uh, so we've got a jam-packed week before we next come back into Premier League action against uh, Leicester on Boxing Day, which actually feels a long way away, uh, but it will, I'm sure it will come around very, very soon. But uh, yeah, so we're just going to have, a, I guess, a week of, of no Let's Talk Liverpool, uh, but I'll be back again reviewing the Leicester game. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I'll catch you...